Podcast. A Magical Myth Entertainment Production. Hosted by Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-hosted by Saul Ravencraft. Sponsored by Ever Moving Lee Rise and Moonlight Potions and Charms. Executive Producer Nikki Kirby. And welcome to Witch Hat Chats. Come on in and sit for our spell. We're sponsored by Ever Moving We Rise, Moonlight Potions and Charms, and Saul Ravencraft, Wizard for Hire. I am your goddess host, Miss Nikki Kirby. And our co-host, I think he's somewhere around. He's either here or there, or maybe he, he is everywhere or nowhere to be found. His name is Saul Ravencraft. How are you doing, Saul? I am fantastic, Nikki. How are you today? I am absolutely 100% amazing. <laughs> nice. October is done. October was a lot of stuff and uh, followed by some other stuff. And uh, I've been I've been doing my best to rise to occasions for the last week. And uh, it's exhausting. But uh, tonight is uh, as we do this is a vault of horror. And I'm looking forward to doing that. Everything else that comes next. Well, good, good. So this month, we honor our First Nations people because it is the First Nations month of honoring. So I like to honor them and mention that. I also like to honor and thank our military families because it is Military Families Month as well. Thank you for supporting our military, and our veterans. So thank you so much. And we do have your six. So did you serve, um, Saul? I did not. Um, that just was not the, the place I was in my world. I have a lot of friends who served. Uh, but uh, that I, I actually did almost go into uh, the... Uh, I guess it was ROTC when I was uh, at at UT, and uh, and they didn't really want me. <laughs> so I might have done it, but uh, he just just didn't seem to to feel like my goals were of any interest to the military. So um, I was uh, I was not recruited. I guess if I if I gone into a grunt office, they would have snatched me up and and sent me out somewhere to be uh, exterminated. But uh, yeah, that's the way it was. Uh, my father was in the uh, was in the navy. Uh, so was my uh, uh, maternal grandfather, and uh, a lot of my friends uh, have a background in that. Spent time in Desert Shield and Desert Storm and such. 
Yeah, uh, my many people in my family have actually served. I know my dad, he was in the uh, Marines and the um, National Guard. And then my papa, he actually was in two wars. He was in World War II and in Korea. And um, he was in the Calvary is what he was in. And the list goes on from there. So <laughs> we do have... Sure. Um, military in our family as well so like i said we have your six and um we're proud of the military so we honor you um i think there's somebody at the door it's byron ballard Oh, oh, look who it is. It's Ashbow's Village Witch and the author of Small Magics. Oh my God, it's my sister. Hey, girl, how are you? I am awesome. How are you I'm doing? I'm good. Good, good. So Saul, you... how are you doing? Oh, about how you'd expect. What does that mean? What does that even mean? Well, actually, that's that's something that that I've taken to saying. Uh, one to see if people are paying any attention, and and it's funny <laughs> because you'll you'll have some people that I'll say that, and they go, "Oh," and you'll have other people that I say that, they go, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> that gives me important information about how they view me. <laughs> well, and maybe they view you through their own the lens of their own life right now, and they go. Yeah, well, I get it, yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Gosh, hadn't it been a hard year? Oh, yes. Well, oh. Yeah, yeah, but... Not for you? Well, yes and no. Uh, I don't feel like I suffer on the same level that some people do because I don't work for someone else. So a lot of the uh, tribulations that people are dealing with uh, through corporate angst, uh, I, am, I am pretty free from. And I'm using what I can do for my own purposes. Example, uh, Sunday afternoon on my way to Curia Arcanum's House of Curiosities to do readings, Somebody got in touch with me and said, hey, it looks like your website is down. And I said, okay. Uh, and so I went. It ended up being a very slow day. And so I was able to do some checking on some stuff. And it turned out there was a drive issue going on on my server. And so as soon as I was free of my obligation, I got to work. And I stayed up to about 3.30 that morning uh, getting things fixed. But it was my stuff getting fixed. <laughs> it was my skill being applied to fixing my stuff. And when it was done, and I tweaked some, I had to do some things very much by hand, which is not fun, uh, but I did it because I could. Uh, and, and I tweaked a few protocols going forward to keep it from being this bad again. Uh, so that was all good stuff. 
but it was hard stuff, but I was able to handle it myself. I didn't need anybody's permission. I did, didn't need anybody to, uh, to uh, teach me about my priorities and, and anything like that. I, I just did the work and I got it done. And, and, you know, that makes me a badass motherfucker. And, <laughs> and I like that. I like that I can do that. And I find that, that while I'm still finding my path, I, I really have a lot going for me and able to be very proactive for myself. And so while people are sitting around, I mean, I don't mean this to sound like like everyone's just just weak and confused, uh, but uh, you know while people are sitting around going, you know why won't they let me? How do I? I'm doing something, and it may not be the most productive something, <laughs> but I'm doing something, and I'm doing something on my own behalf, and I'm doing something on behalf of people that I care about, and so. That makes me feel powerful, even though not all my predictions are coming true, <laughs> right? I, I don't feel helpless, maybe a little low on some resource, but I don't mm. feel helpless. You know, I'm doing something and, and I don't have a master. Yes. Yes. And yes. so, you know, for, from my perspective, yeah, there's room, plenty of room for growth in my world. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and no, no denial of that, but I, I'm walking my own path and, and I'm walking the path that I chose hmm. ultimately, right. The circumstances that, that put me there were not exactly my choice. But I chose what to do with my circumstances, and I've I've been on that road for nine years now. I'm still here. Right, right. So nice. That's that's how I feel. So Byron, you are just in time for our divination. <laughs> oh boy, should I get my cards out? Oh no, it's our tea divination that we have. So, but you can get I, your cards out if you want to. You're, yeah. you're our guest here. You can do whatever you want. They, put, they are always near me. Always. Put your feet on the table. Yeah, just sit back <laughs> and relax, son. <laughs> so as everybody knows, I drink positive energy tea. And we've got a divination today from Omar Khayyam. He's a mathematician. And here's his quote. There was a door to which I found no key. There was a veil through which I might not see. Ooh. Ooh. So, wise ones, how does that apply? Are well, you describing your... my life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the door. I'm here. <laughs> at the keys. I'm just... I'm just wrapped up in something. Uh, <laughs> so how would that apply to the modern version of what is known as the veil? Well, don't, don't just do that, Nikki. I mean, I think everybody listening, everybody watching is going to have a different idea of what you just said. 
So, so let's talk a little bit more about what that, about this veil thingy. The veil thingy? Is that what yeah. it is now? Veil thingy? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's do that. Veil thingy. Veil thingy. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. Um, yeah, I think we have the sort of conventional received wisdom that there is a boundary between the worlds, the dimensions of matter versus spirit. And we have been taught that in modern paganism from the get-go. And I got to be honest with you, up here in the mountains, we haven't had a veil literally in decades. So the spirit world, the physical world, the material world, and the spirit world are intermingling all the time. And they have been. And I have to wonder for myself, was that a piece of the talk about the concept of the veil? Was that something to keep us contained and controlled and to keep us from opening broadly to spirit communication and to the spirits around us? And was it a falsehood all along? I mean, has there ever been a veil, really? Uh, we were, I, I was uh, a dear friend of mine's husband died, and he was part of a particular uh, pagan spiritual tradition. So his people were coming from all over the country to do his funeral rites. Um, and one of them, I talked to one of them, and they asked me if I would participate, even though I'm not in their tradition, and do this little piece and about ripping through the veil, opening the veil so that so that their loved one could go through. And I went, I got to be honest with you, there's not a veil here. And he laughed and he assumed I was stupid, as many people do, that I just, I was must be insensitive and I didn't feel the veil the way, of course, the more enlightened beings in his tradition would. So they all arrive and it's the morning of the um, sad memorial and we're putting food out and doing all those things we, we do. And I can see this guy who I don't know. I've only talked to him on the phone. And I can see him. He's just kind of looking around puzzled. And then about 20 minutes later, I was pointed out to him. And he came up to me and he said, I, I just don't believe it. I mean, you're right. There's, there's not a veil here. And I went, there's not. Hadn't been for a long time. So that's going to be my introduction to what we're talking about is that here, we have the f almost completely free flowing between matter and spirit so that we are surrounded by not only the spirits of the land, the spirits of the mountains, ancestral spirits, the uh, spirit beings that are variously called that in that I call the good neighbors. They're all here in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, with me, I feel that way, too, even in California. I felt that way. So it's it's not just here. It's also in California. And no matter where I lived, I've lived in um, Quebec, in Canada. It was that way. No matter where I have been, no matter where I've traveled. So I don't know if it's where you live is where the effect is or maybe it's the person as well 
as the land itself, um, possibly, because if if one person is saying, and you, let's say you both live in a certain part of the world, and one person is saying, well, there's a bill there, and the other person is saying, no, there's not, because I'm seeing this person, they're standing right before me, and the other person is saying, no, there's a veil there. And I'm like, no, there's not. Because as since I was a child, I've been able to see spirits, um, see them, hear them, wh however they want to communicate with me. And um, like I said, it doesn't matter where I'm at because I have traveled across this country. I've traveled up and down the east coast in, into canada so i'm not sure like i said if it's where you're located because ohio is the same way i've been in ohio i've been in new york i've been up and down all around the south so and you know i live in north carolina south carolina florida georgia all of there so I can't really say it's, it's by land necessarily, or is it by person? So if that guy is saying it's by land, then I, I have to kind of disagree with that because I haven't found land that the veil is there. Well, but for this person, wherever he was, he felt the veil. But when right. he got here, he didn't feel the veil. So it's yeah. not like he didn't have a perception of what the boundary feels like. It's that he felt it where he lived, but he didn't feel it here. I know that's kind of strange. Is that's what I'm? I, that's what I'm trying to say. So I'm just kind of wonder if it's land or if it's a person or maybe it's a combination. Yeah, maybe. Or how about you, Saul? Saul, how about yeah. you? Do you feel it down where you are? Well, this. Uh... This kind of conversation always makes me feel a little underdeveloped. Um, <laughs> I I have a lot of people of my acquaintance uh, for which spirits are very tangible. Uh, they hang out all over. They crowd the room. They have lunch with them. They watch movies together. Uh, they play Pachisi. Um, uh, it's it's just it's just a whole host of of friends from afar that are are just constantly there my spirit experiences have been much more subtle and ethereal i have not had the kinds of experiences that the two of you describe where where you know fully formed apparitions interrupt me and command my attention and interact with me it's uh it's a a very very subtle interaction that happens so uh, hmm. so when it gets into this area this is this is a challenging spot for me and I wrestle with my skepticism uh, on this sort of thing uh, because I I haven't had the experience that you describe uh, does that mean you didn't at one time I would have said yes uh, I would have tried to call bullshit on it, but I've I've grown beyond that, uh, and I recognize that that I just haven't had all the experiences that there are. But 
you know, for me, and, and this could have something to do with my pathway into this. I grew up skeptical and shielded and all of that, and I have worked to open that. Uh, whereas a lot of people I know, they started open and that's all they've known. So uh, I don't know what I don't know, if that makes any sense. It does. And that brings up something that I think is really interesting in modern and the modern esoteric community is that I am not seeing a whole lot of people who are saying, in my experience, this is the thing that happened. I'm seeing a lot more people who are really kind of hard edged about it saying, no, no, that's not how it happens. And it feels to me like, I mean, that's obviously a kind of a gatekeeping thing, but it's also a way to shut people down and shut down what could potentially be a really interesting conversation by just saying, oh, no, no, that never happens. So with that, we need to go to commercial and listen to our wonderful sponsors. And we will be back with Witch Hat Chats. Stay tuned. Anybody can tell you what is on a tarot or oracle card. What matters is seeing beyond what others may not be able to see and help the client to uncover what lies in the mist. What do readings from Moonlight Potions and Charms do? Wednesday I did this ancestor reading and it was an amazing reading. And it was a detailed reading and I remember talking to this customer's ancestors and it was so delightful and he wanted some questions to be answered about the magic in his family because he didn't know and his family was mostly like most of our families are you know how everything is like hush hush when it comes to the magic in his family and he wanted to know who can he actually talk to about the history of the magic in his family and i was able to give him specifically who he can go to to talk to about that what particular deity he can actually go to to be able to help him with this and it was just an amazing reading and, and talking to his ancestors they were such a delight and they told me so much about this customer it was just an absolutely wonderful wonderful reading for him and i was just so happy to be able to give him this wonderful reading it's really amazing to be able to give people these readings these products that's really going to help them and be able to give back to the community because this is what moonlight potions and charms is about we want to help you to embrace the power of your own magic that is what we are all about is to help you to do that book now and allow our wonderful staff to take care of your spiritual reading needs. And there is so much more in our Wicked store to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. So come on in to Moonlight Potions and Charms at www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and discover the wicked things that ignite the magical passion in you. I'm Saul Ravencraft co-host of Witch Hat Chats. 
I understand just how confusing and chaotic it can be to open to a path of magic and manifestation. Everything seems to turn on its head. I want to be an ally as you find the way upon your path. My studio setup will let us do readings, coaching, and exploration virtually, just as though you were sitting across the table from me. One size does not fit all, and we will work together to craft the right approaches to build your practice, your confidence, and your power using the tools of divination, magical works, and spirit connections. It's never too late to embrace a new path and emerge empowered. Go to TexasMojoMan.com and select Contact to begin. There's a message now. Let's get started working on your very good fortune. Have you wondered what spirituality is? Spirituality is limitless as it does not contain any boundaries on beliefs or practices. Spirituality's most important component is personal experience and allows one to explore it freely. Every Moving We Rise is a spiritual moving tradition as our name is our lifestyle because we are persistently rising and moving forward. We realize that everyone's spiritual journey is extremely personal but more easily traveled with reinforcement. We'll teach you to become friends with your shadow, emerge your authentic self, and give you time and space to develop your own spirituality. And when situations bump back, you'll have the entire community behind you as we are a magical family who work to sustain each other. Discover the benefits of working within a society dedicated to helping you grow on your personal path. Visit us on our website, Linktree, or Facebook page and discover why we don't fit in the box. Welcome back to Witch Hat Chats. I am Saul Ravencraft and I am here with Miss Nikki Kirby and one of our favorite Village Witches, Byron Ballard, uh, who just put a book out, uh, Small Magics. I've been enjoying it. Uh, I haven't, um, I got started in it, and then October happened, and there was just no anything, um, it, unless you'd had the audiobook out. Uh, there was plenty of driving time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the audiobook out is out yet or not, because they don't tell me. I have to go and research it to find out if it's out. I didn't even know they were doing an audiobook this time. But well, audiobooks eh. are, are, they saved my life, because eyeball reading yeah. is much more challenging for me now. But yeah. uh, I've always got an audiobook going. Um, well, so, especially uh, in October, you know, yeah. we all are so profoundly busy i'll just say it in october so that would be right. helpful driving around but i am definitely I'm, enjoying the book uh and good. uh yeah it, it's it's interesting how the reflection on fundamentals is always a a good practice um uh, 
know, that's why uh, teaching people helps you grow stronger in whatever it is that you do, because you have to deal with those those early ideas, those early misunderstandings, and address them in in as many different ways as you have people trying to learn it. Uh, <laughs> that's everybody. Everybody sees things through their own lens. Um, but I'm enjoying the the gentle conversational way. I like to feel that if you and I were to sit down over a glass of mulled wine to talk about this stuff, that the conversation would be very similar. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I started teaching this book as a class, which I referred to as simple practical magic. Um, that it's the building block of most magical practice, the very basics and. We live in a world where people are getting their information on TikTok and and other reels from people who probably don't have a lot of experience in practicing actual magic. So I started teaching a class about that, and I found it was so interesting because it, I mean, it's it's the basics. And I had a couple of um, pretty high church ceremonialists in one of my classes. And they were appalled by some of the things I said, of course, because I'm a folk magician. But at the end, they said there were things that they had done early on in their working life that they hadn't done in, in ages because they just they just hadn't thought of it. So it was lovely for them to go back to beginner's mind, which is something I talk about in the book, and to really figure out step by step what it is they were doing and what it is they wanted to accomplish. And that was really interesting. It's interesting to hear that. But I, I was, um, I mean, I, I don't fight with my publisher. In this case, it's Llewellyn about titles because they're going to title it whatever they think is going to sell, to be honest. But I was like, small magics, really? You call the primary building stones of every, of any magical practice that's small to you? The ability to, I don't know, to harvest energy and utilize it through the force of your will. That's small to you. Ah, okay. Whatever. Well, it helps people find it. And the people that, that are already looking for it, they they don't care what the title is. They're just looking for the, the, the words Byron Ballard on the cover. <laughs> oh, you're sweet, Saul. Thanks. I don't know how true oh, that is, true. but I, I will take that's that on. I bet you got got a, a few on that list. You know, nobody really cares about the title anymore, Byron. They just they're looking for your name. That's all they care about. Oh, if only that were true. But thank you. I mean, come on, Byron. You can write a title that says "Raining Cats and Dogs," and they would still buy it. They wouldn't <laughs> care what the title was. Uh, <laughs> Oh, or it you're could say, it could say "fuck you," and you st- it still would buy it. They don't care. <laughs> Y'all are too it funny. Has to be the name of your cursing book. <laughs> oh no, the name of my cursing book, though I will never write it, is "Willful Bane: The Joy of Hex." And so I'm sure somebody will steal that title now, which is fine because you can't copyright a title. Go ahead, enjoy. I swear, Byron, you're not right. <laughs> and never have been. <laughs> but you're not wrong either. 
Mm-hmm. I hope that's true. I do have to tell you all about some other exciting thing that's happening for me is that next uh, July, I'm going to lead a trip to Cornwall. And um, and I'm going to get to go to all my favorite holy places in Cornwall. I'm going to get to drink scrumpy and take a group of people with me. And if people want more more information about that, they can go to renadventures.com, R-E-N adventures.com and they will find it and it's a it's going to be a fun week or so of tintagel and arthur and scrumpy did i say scrumpy before (laughs) and um and and some cornish witches we're going to talk to it's just going to be great fun and um and i'm really looking forward to that oh awesome editing my next book of course. How many books do you have that's coming out this next? I'm just curious. Well, the one that's being edited now is book number eight. That is a standalone book from me, but I've been in dozens of anthologies. Yeah, the latest was that, what, um, North American Folk Magic? No, the latest, and let me just reach over so I get the title completely right. The latest anthology I've been in is called Women's Sovereignty and Body Autonomy Beyond Roe v. Wade. And it's an anthology from Girl God Books. And that will be backwards. I'm sorry. How can I make that work? There we go. Still backwards. Anyway, I'll put it in the uh, chat so you'll have it. That's the most recent anthology I've been in. And I've written uh, forewords for several books in the past two or three months, something like that. Mm-hmm. so yeah i stay busy you're always busy doing something i mean you've been so busy you and me haven't been able to get together and we're just an hour apart <laughs> i know it's so funny you will say hey i'm coming up to Asheville on such and such a date and i'll go yeah not in town yeah and i go figures figures the I usual my eyes <laughs> Lolly, it's just crazy isn't it yeah no, literally roll my eyes. I'm like, okay, are you going to be in town this day? And you're like, nope, I'm flying to this place. And I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. flying has not been much fun lately. I mean, it wasn't bad this time, but. Yeah. But I still love you anyway. Oh, you're so sweet. And I know you miss me. You know I do. I mean, I could miss you if you didn't text me every damn minute. Oh, I don't text you every damn minute. <laughs> You're the one. Uh, okay, I finally have this thing in the chat. There we go. Okay, okay, I'll put it down. I'll put it down in the notes for you. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm I'm home until February. When I go uh, up to Gettysburg, of all places, for a thing called Mythicon, which is uh, the Midwinter Fairy Festival. Should be fun. I'll teach some classes. Uh, I I don't dress up in the super fancy fairy stuff, though. Oh, why not? You'd be so cute. Because I, dr- I, I, I dress like a troll woman. Oh. Yeah, or like a Norwegian farmer girl. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not going to try to walk around and teach in some damn ball gown with 10-foot wings. 
You do know me, don't you? Yes, I know you, but you don't have to be in a ball gown, honey. Oh, you, these costumes are extraordinary, extraordinary. They make, they make Ren Fairs look like thrift shop bargain basement places. Just amazing, amazing. So I will not be that person. I am going there to work, not to show off my wardrobe. But I'm relieved to have a few months not traveling. That That is a blessing to me. Because I've been, as you know, I've been on the road all, yeah. all year, literally for t- 10 months. Part of that was in Scotland, so I can't complain about that. So just like next year, part of it's going to be in Cornwall and England. So I'm not complaining about that. But, you know, traveling, traveling, traveling. Yep, and that's all you do, honey, is travel, travel. It is. Um, how was selling for you all? Busy, I'm assuming. Well, it kind of was. And for me, I um, did some divination. So um, I do two types of divination on Samhain. One is numerology. And I got the number three, uh, which is a very important number, apparently. Are there any numbers that are not important? Well, the next day... <laughs> Next day is, next two nights is with, um, because I am part of um, New Orleans Voodoo, you got the next two nights, which is the Feast of the Ghee. And, of course, I do numerology as well as the tarot cards on those nights. And I got um, one for the first night, and the next night I got 11. And with one, it means that's means the number of leadership and determination and 11 happens to be one of the spiritual numbers and it's a destination number so it means basically i'm gonna have a damn good year good you you deserve a good year (laughs) you have had several very very hard years lately so bless you i hope you have a beautiful gorgeous year Oh, yeah, it's going to be the year of the dragon next year. And I happen to be a dragon. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> so maybe we'll actually get to see one another next year. Yeah, I am. I'm determined not to travel so much next year because it really it just wore me out. And I, well, I didn't get to be in my garden. Me. <laughs> what? I said, if you travel, you got to see me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're just down the hill, aren't you? <laughs> I'm literally an hour away. I know. So much on a good road. An hour away on a good road. Yeah. Like what the hell? (laughs) Well, I had I had some fun um, right before. Well, right before Halloween, I was invited to do a workshop or a talk. I guess it was technically a talk about uh, the origins of tarot as a Italian playing cards at a local wine shop. So they sold it uh, that way. And you came in and you got a little snack and you got a glass of wine and you got me talking about tarot. And then in the last sort of 15 minutes of it, when people would ask questions, I'd come over to where they were, answer their questions as best I could. And then I would flip open a card, put my finger on it and read it for them. And they were just, oh, oh, because People expect Tarot to be a parlor game. You will meet a tall, dark, handsome stranger. You will be, and when you look at them and go, 
this business venture of yours is going to fail if you don't get the details right. And they go, what, how did you know about that? Because I get cards. I'm reading your cards. So that was fun. And are you finding that people, both of you, because you both read, are you finding people coming to you now, your tarot clients are really, really um, in kind of desperate need for some clarity and information? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to get the kind of people who'd say, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing this for fun. Let Just tell me what the cards are going to tell me. Now they're like, oh, my God, let me tell you what's happening in my life. Is this going to change? It's really a, it is a, it's a desperate feel. They feel desperate. Yeah, they do. Saul, how about you? Oh, most of the conditions under which I read are places where, where people are psi curious. And ah. so uh, I don't have a lot of people coming into to situations like that. Um, I don't have a, 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 a a regular clientele uh, most people they they see me once they experience that it's not what they expect it to be and uh they go away thinking some thoughts uh but uh i uh i don't necessarily i haven't developed the presence yet uh for people to seek me out in that way so much a few yeah i've got a few that, that come to me with with something specific uh, but my, my approach in general is the way that I approach everything is there's always a way. And so a lot of what my style is, is, is trying to find the moving parts that you can move. Uh, you know, even the, the, cause, cause people can always do something. You're never helpless. You're never powerless, but you may have to do something. You might have to to grow a pair, <laughs> and 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 be bolder about things. Um, so I don't know. I don't feel like I'm answering your question at all. But uh, I've yeah, said it's, words. It's interesting, though. Yeah, it's interesting the different dynamics of the. I mean, basically, with the three of us all read cards, but. I guess situationally it's different. I've been I've been reading cards since I was 12, which means I've been reading for 55 years one way or the other. So there is a that is something I have always carried with me that I'm a card reader in addition to all the other things I've been um so yeah, people do like you were saying so people do seek me out. They go, "Oh, you read cards. Well, can you can you read for me?" And I used to not read long distance, but now, but I worked on that and I'm, I'm good at that now. How about you, Nikki? Have you got regular tarot clients that come to you fairly often or at, at regular intervals? I've got a few that will do that. Um, most of the time it's, it's people who are curious or who just happen to be um, find me for some mm -hmm. reason. And they're like, do you read cards? <laughs> Find out that I, that I own a shop and like, do you read cards? I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> I read cards. Well, you need, well, 
they're like, well, I want a car dream. I said, okay, which one do you want? Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, there's like different types of car dreams now. You know, it's not just one type of car dream. What kind of car dream do you want? And here is the, here is where you can go to see which kind of car dream that you want. Because I do different ones. I don't do just a standard anymore. And they talk to me and okay, we do it because I, I've done ancestor card readings, which that takes a lot out of me. A lot out of me. And ancestors got to where, to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to where I only do like maybe one or two a day because when their whole ancestor line just comes at you and then I'm having to really raise the energy. It's really hard to deal with, especially here lately, because I keep trying to take care of myself and I don't do it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I admit it. I don't do it sometimes and I'm trying to take my own damn advice. Okay. Uh, and Okay, so take my advice. Do it. Take care I'm of yourself. Not, I've been telling that to more and more of my tarot clients. I am saying to them, this is your time. You. Not your kids, not your kid who's going through whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm really sorry, but it's not about that. It's about you. You, 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 you. And it's so hard for people to hear that because they want to do their self-care kind of on the side. So here's my primary focus is taking care of my family, my business, whatever your And I'll do a little bit of this over here. And I'm like, no, let this be for you. November. No. No and no. Learn how to set some good, strong boundaries and let it go. Give yourself some time because I'm seeing people burn out. They shouldn't be burning out. This year, right. even in the kinds of things that I've been doing, <laughs> the uh, the self-care message has been very prevalent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the things that I'll I'll bring up is that if your foundation is not strong, how are you going to be able to hold anybody else up? You, you can't, can't put yourself last. No, and you can't pour from an empty vessel. Yeah. Then you just you become food. Toothpicks in it. <laughs> what? You can put toothpicks in it. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm being a smart ass. Okay. <laughs> you are being a smart ass. Be serious. No. Do whatever you want because it's November. No. It's the Don't holy month for me, okay? It's the holy month because it's my birthday month. Right. So, all right. So, Miss Byron, where can our people reach you? They can reach me at my website, which is myvillagewitch.com. They can find me on social media on Facebook as Byron Ballard, on Twitter slash X as Byron Ballard. And on Instagram as Byron Ballard. And um, <clears throat> yeah, that's it. They can find me on Tuesdays most weeks at Asheville Raven and Crone. And I'm sorry, my answering machine just kicked in. And no one's going to be there because it's just a robot. They call me all day long, robots do. And that's not me being paranoid. That's just America. So that's how people can reach me um, and... I'm taking a little time off, so if I don't answer your email immediately, forgive me. Uh, but it's November. No. No. November. 
Well, thank you for being on the show, honey. Always a delight. <laughs> good to see you and good to see Saul. And you know I love you. Back at you. You and all your crazy ass ways. Yep. <laughs> my wicked ways and my big red lips. Mwah. All right. So that's all for our show today. Embrace your power, support your community, and keep your fuzzy babies, your family, friends, and yourself safe. And have an absolute magical week. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Wicks Hack Chats. Host, Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-host, Saul Ravencraft. Guest host, Byron Ballard. Executive producer, Nikki Kirby. Producer, Saul Ravencraft. Video editor, Magical Miss Entertainment. Miss Made Productions. Witch Hat Chats theme song, The Middle Witch, by Serena Janini. Magical Miss Entertainment. This made production. Sponsored by Ever Moving We Ride, Moonlight Places and Charms, Texas Mojo Man. Copyrighted 2020 through 2022 by Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats. Trademark All Rights Reserved. All material of Witch Hat Chats is a trademark of Nikki Kirby and Magical Myth Entertainment. This podcast is for information only and is not an offering of sale of any security of Witch Hat Chats trademark or its projects or its affiliates. All video, audio, and music are the property of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark and may not be disclosed, distributed, or reproduced without the express written permission of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark.